Hello, Rob. Good morning. You're speaking with Annette. G'day, Annette. Um, my name's Sam. I'm here with my brother, Josh. And we're actually just doing a podcast at the moment and we're trying to um, find out of people who their heroes are. Um, we were talking about our heroes being our parents. So we decided to ring a random number and ask them who their heroes were and who they look up to. And we were just wondering what yours is. Right. My daughter. Oh. And can you give us a, a brief reason why your daughter is your hero? I'm happy to do it. My daughter is my hero because she shows me everything good in the world. That is beautiful. She's been, she's been through a lot and she's lost siblings and she comes out every day strong and caring. That is more than enough. That is beautiful, Annette. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much for, for taking the time this morning, Annette. We really do appreciate it. Thank you so much for sharing today. You're welcome. What's your podcast? Uh, it's called Bromley Lynch, so on Spotify. So look out for Thank it. You. Thank you so we'll much. See ya. Cheers. Bye. Be safe. Bye. I'm Sam. I'm Josh. This is Bromley Lynch. That's our name. It's very creative. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing, like, when you actually ask someone, and like Annette then, just her daughter. I've never actually heard, like, a parent say their kids, I don't think. No, like, you're, like, like, personally, like, maybe on a YouTube video or something, you might have seen it, or a te- TED Talk or something inspirational like that, but when you're having a conversation with someone, I don't think it's ever got to, to that point. No. Sweating. A beautiful sweats of joy. <laughs> beautiful sweats of joy. We hope they have a beautiful day. I know. Annette and her, her, her hero, her daughter. <laughs> Is there anything that's happened in your week that you'd like to share at the moment? So we're obviously coming back from, um, you know, a beautiful phone call. But last night, Sam... Now, I, I don't know, I think this resonates with a lot of people, and this is just an observation, but when I wash my socks, for some God-unknown reason, I never come back, from, like I'm literally five metres away from the washing machine and the, and the drying rack, I never come back with the same amount of socks no. as I did when I took them there. No. I don't know where they go. I don't know what happens. Yeah. It's like Jerry Seinfeld, he once said a joke, where are all the pens in the world? Yeah. Everyone loses pens. They've got to be somewhere. Yeah. So where are the socks? Uh, it's, it's, it's something that you regularly find yourself doing probably two or three times a year is going out and buying you know, five pairs of socks in one hit just, yeah. to, just to try and restock. And the other thing I've been doing, Sam, I've watched The Tinder Swindler. Have you watched it? No, I haven't. You I haven't? haven't? I, I've watched, actually, I've watched the first 40 minutes or so, which I found captivating. But, I've, you know, there's bedtime and I've got to go to bed. <laughs> so... And, for those people that aren't around it, tw- The Tinder Swindler is a Netflix documentary yep. and it's about this guy that takes women for granted yep. big time. So what he does is he or makes them for a ride. Takes them for an absolute ride. He matches with these girls. These girls think he is a billionaire diamond magnate or his father was. Yep. So he made up his name. Yep. So he made up his name, but he... Yep. Spoiler alert. Is there any spoiler alert? Yeah, oh, yeah but you probably would have watched it by yeah. now, I reckon. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and like, just it's one of those ones that's like last maybe three or four weeks. People would have watched it. But he's taking them for an absolute ride. It was just amazing to see how much these poor women could be taken for. Like a couple of hundred thousand dollars. Lots and lots of money. And he's actually going into Hollywood. Is he really? Yeah, I've read something that he's looking to go into Hollywood and maybe create a dating show. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. So he's really running with the... Oh, he's running with yeah, Running with the image. Yeah, he's absolutely running with it. Sam, how about yours? Uh, Josh, so to be a, a little bit serious at yeah. this point in time, 
our dad is a bit crook at yep. the moment. So he is, we're trying to find some respite care for him yep. at the moment. He's in hospital at the moment. Um, and, you know, as people get older, this stuff starts to happen in life. Mm. Um, we're hoping it's not permanent. It's yep. starting with respite. But um, myself, my mum, uh, Jenny, beautiful Jenny, yep. and our little brother, Tom, uh, we went on a few tours yesterday of some aged care facilities. Yep. I was walking around the facilities, you know, they were all great. I think there's a, a real shift in the way yep. that aged care is perceived now. Like from years and years ago, it, it's changed a lot. There was obviously that Royal Commission into it and everything like that. But I was thinking like I was going through like the cafe and there was like the set menu of like, minestrone soup and like roast lamb and all that sort of stuff like and then you'd be walking through one of the foyers or the uh, the communal areas and they're playing like arts and crafts and all this sort of stuff and it just got me thinking like when the millennials start going into retirement <laughs> villages like at 9am it, it's breakfast it's smashed avo down at the you know with a vegan option and a barista making almond lattes you know and then for 11 o'clock you, you you meet up in the cinema area and you're playing cod with all your with all your mates or, or you're playing fifa yeah. and then at three o'clock you're drinking aperols listening to vinyl djs play so i was thinking about like is there going to be a shift that we start to find with these aged care facilities, as the younger generation start to go into these facilities? I think there's going to have to be. Big time. Like, that's going to be a, a key moment in... Because it's probably stuck around for a long, long time, the Minestrone yeah. Soups of the world. Yeah. But I, I see what you're saying there, because when I'm older, and maybe I'm going in for this respite, I don't really want Minestrone Soup. No. No, but you want options. I the want millennials op- want options <laughs> yeah. in this world. Like, it just got me thinking, like... When the cinema night is and there's like Netflix and they're all fighting about what they want to watch and they can't come to a decision and they end up not even watching anything because there's like you're trying to find the Netflix. One person wants to watch some binge. Yeah. Oh, phenomenal stuff. It's just something I thought of. That is brilliant. That oh, is quite you. brilliant. What are they having for dinner? Josh, there's, great, there's some places had two options uh, and I think that these, these aged care facilities now have... Plenty of uh, variety in what they cook. I know a lot of people won't know, but how do you think our old man is going to go in a... He's a people person. He is. So he's around people, which is brilliant. Yeah. And he's already quite an obscure thinker. Yeah, he is. But, so he's going to add some obscurity to the to whatever um, respite he's in. But it, that is a good observation. And for those that don't know, our dad's name is Alan, but absolutely no one calls him Alan. His name is Dizzy, and it has been for... Since he was about 10 years old, people call him Dizzy. So, Alan Dizzy Lynch. So, yeah. they're going to have to put on the front door Dizzy, not <laughs> Alan. So, it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting watch. Josh, some news floating around. Now, Sam, yesterday I was looking and Steve Irwin would have turned 60 yesterday. Wow. Yeah, he would have turned 60. And crikey. I was, yeah, crikey. Yeah, absolutely. So, I was looking, what do you remember of Steve Irwin? Daredevil. Yeah. Just risk taker. Lover of animals, enthusiastic. I remember. I think that the word that it describes him is enthusiastic, yeah. and it's enthusiastic about everything. Yeah. And I remember the movie The Crocodile Hunter. It was switching over with a lot of other movies in the Bromley Lynch household, yeah. but it was on there a lot. It, it was, was a VHS. Yeah. I remember that. Magnus Stadansky was in it. I Absolutely. We, I don't think either of us got the name right. <laughs> got me thinking about Steve Irwin. Yeah. And remember when we went to America? Mm. And, you know, Australia has lots of high-profile people. Like, yep. they have a lot. They've got 
Hugh Jackman, Nicole Kidman. Baz Luhrmann. Baz Luhrmann. <laughs> but anyone we met in America as four or five Australian boys yeah. walking around America, they would always refer to Steve Irwin. They would. No one else. Oh, we love that we, crocodile we, hunter, We love that crocodile hunter, man. Yeah. He, it's so sad when he died. I remember that conversation yeah. we had with a guy. It got me thinking about maybe some facts about Steve Please. Irwin. So... At nine years old, Steve was helping catch small problem crocodiles hanging around boat ramps by jumping on them in the water and wrestling them back into the dinghy. Rightio. I was too scared to jump on, you know, those plastic noodles in a pool, yeah, I let know. alone a crocodile. I know. So, and then he's got an award for the Australian Government Centenary Medal of Service to Global Conservation Australian Tourism in 2001. Beautiful. Because he's, like, when he got that movie for um, Crocodile Hunter... He put most of that money back into conservation. Yeah. He didn't just keep it. He's like Fiji, Vanuatu, places around Australia, places around America, all about conservation. Now, obviously, he had a lot of animals in captivity, mm. but he was also he was on missions to move them into other places, other like river areas, like crocodiles and yeah. all that sort of stuff. So he wasn't just about capturing these crocodiles and putting them into a zoo so he would make money out of them. I'm not too sure what the theory was behind just moving them up river. Is yeah. it because he was I think certain crocodiles were eating farmers yeah. pigs like not eating farmers yeah. but eating the like the pigs, pigs and the and livestock sheep. of the of the farmers. Yeah. In 2002, this is a good one. This is when you know you've made it. Thank you. Honored with naming of a new species of land snail, the Crikey Steve Irwiny. Yeah. <laughs> That is an actual name of a snail. The Crikey Steve Irwiny. Right. Yeah. They found, they found this snail and they thought, nah, Crikey Steve Irwiny. And in 2018, he got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Did he really? Yeah. I found that incredible. Well, Josh, there's that video and I highly recommend that people go and watch this video. I know what the video. See, I know the video you're going to talk about. So can I can I explain? Go for so it. it's Conan O'Brien. Steve Irwin goes on Conan O'Brien, and he's he's showing them this snake, and it's like a python snake. And you know, Steve Irwin's up there. He's like, "Nah, mate, won't bite. You know, won't bite. All good. It just strangles you, sort of thing. It suffocates you." And as he's saying that, Conan's there like, "Oh my god, look at that snake!" You know, he's like, just like, he's he's going off. He can't believe it. This snake just grabs a hold of his neck. And it's just stuck to his, the teeth are just in his neck. And Steve Irwin, as, calm, as cool as a cucumber, yeah. and, and Conan's freaking out. He's like, oh my God, oh my God. And this snake is just trapped to his neck. And he's just like, can you just move the camera that way, please, love? Like to, talking to the camera person. And he's just saying, yeah, yeah, it's got me. It's got me. And he just wraps this, he just grabs this snake and just wraps it off himself. That has been into his neck. I did watch it before coming here. Oh, did you? And it was not. It wasn't. There might be a Conan O'Brien one, but there was just this Austra- this poor little Australian. Oh, was like, it not new, Conan O'Brien? Uh, this new TV oh, presenter. I the, the show is wrong. <laughs> That's right. It's this new TV presenter. I think it's my, it looks like maybe her first year on the job, <laughs> and she's got Steve Irwin there getting bitten by a snake. Young looking Steve Irwin with yeah. a mullet, by yeah. the way, before his time with a mullet. Yeah, we're talking mullets. Yeah, he had a good mullet. Peak mullet. The only thing. So I'm going to give you two guesses. Yeah. What animal was he afraid of? There's only one animal that he was afraid of. It's got to be something small. Yeah. Because if yeah. this man is, it's, it would have to be something small. Yep. And I'm thinking, no, I've seen him deal with snakes. I don't think he likes spiders. 
Maybe he does no, like spiders. No, no, he doesn't want spiders. No, he likes spiders. <laughs> he likes spiders. <laughs> he likes spiders. Please tell me. It's a parrot. He doesn't like parrot. <laughs> he doesn't like Why? parrots. Why? Or, or he's never said, but he it's, just didn't like pra- parrots. It's like Ace pre- Ventura, you know how he's the pet detective, but hates bats. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He just hates bats. And then the second one, he has to go find the, the guano. Yeah, the guano. Yeah. Uh, Seb, what do you got for I've me? I've got some news, Josh. So I've been cycling through a few uh, websites. Yeah. But one popped out to me yesterday that really caught my attention, and that is Britney Spears landing a, a rumoured a record-breaking publishing deal with a book company to release her memoirs. Now, with my girlfriend Clara last year, watched Britney versus Spears. I think it was a Netflix documentary encapsulating the awful situation that Britney yeah. found herself in with her family and a conservatorship. Yeah. So, which means that her father and her family ran and controlled all her finances, her decision making, whether she could get like birth control, like who she was seeing, all this sort of stuff. Like they abuse. Pretty, it was abuse. Pretty like, much owned her. They pretty much owned her. They owned all her finances, her estate, everything like that for years and years. And it was just a horrible situation. Like I really highly recommend people to go and watch this this doco. Although it was horrible what's happened, I'm happy that she's coming out, you know, making a bit from this because she really does deserve something at the end of this. So now her conservatorship is over and she has signed a rumoured... 15 million US dollar deal to publish this book. So, which um, is 20 million Australian dollars. Beautiful. That, that'd be a good read. I would probably, if I was to read it, I'd probably prefer the audiobook. Yeah. Just on in the car. Yeah. Um, is she going to be narrating it? I'm unsure. I haven't gone that far yet. It is <laughs> rumored to be the second biggest deal behind the Obama's book deal. So, years ago, the Obama's signed a deal worth. An estimated US $65 million a year, uh, $65 million to write to a couple write of books. books. And they can write that. what they want. They can. And people are just going to read it. Well, Josh, do you know, I was actually looking this up the other day, and Barack Obama, he commands up to $400,000 for a speaking engagement. Well, you would. Yeah, you would. But true to form, apparently gives a lot of that to charity, like youth charities. That's not one bit surprising. He is a good man. So, but Josh, I'm just really looking forward to seeing what what comes of this Britney Spears situation because now that she's out of that conservatorship, I hope we see her again out in the public and really happy and healthy. Like, I know I wasn't around Britney Spears. I was young when she was probably her most popular. Yeah. I never knew about that until like last year that there was the conservatorship. Uh, I know, and I don't think a lot of people did until this Netflix uh, documentary revealed it all. And so she's 40 years old. Yeah, oh, she's 40 go. years old, got kids, all that sort of stuff, and yeah. her family had control of everything for yeah. years and years. No. It's an amazing situation. We'll see how that unfolds. So, Josh, uh, we are going with a few rolling segments yeah. at the moment, and one of our producer Sam's SD card, as, as people like to call him, <laughs> Is the best ofs. Our producers are going to give us a, a nominated generation. It could be like the 90s movies or something gonna like that. They're going to give us a category. Yeah, now. a category. And we've got to come up with our, our sort of like top five. Yeah. Uh, so this week in our best ofs is top five underrated 90s movies. So this is a fairly subjective yeah. Uh, list. Yeah. So this is going to be what... what personally we believe is a bit underrated probably things that we used to like to watch a lot so the official definition of underrated is not rated or valued highly enough okay okay so not valued highly enough so i've got a couple in there that are rated quite highly 
in IMDb, but I don't think they get the value of other movies in their genre. All right, beautiful. Okay, so I'll, I'll explain that to you a bit later on. But right. I'm going to go from five to one. Okay, so my five is A Bug's Life. Okay. You don't think it's properly rated? I don't think so, because I had a conversation with someone on the weekend. Okay. And I said, have you seen Bug's Life? They said, I haven't even heard of it. <laughs> You're kidding. So that is my definition of underrated. If someone in my you know generation hasn't even heard of it, but Bugs Life, brilliant movie, but it was also undervalued compared to like like Lion King. I get yeah. it was undervalued. It had a it had a tough run. Yeah. That was almost like the 2003 you know NBA draft. You had like LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Chris Paul, and then Bugs Life was uh, like Chris Bosch right yeah. down the other end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good analogy. <laughs> See, can I just give you the IMDb? 7.2, which is pretty yeah. good. Uh, so you can hang your hat on that. But you had like your Lion Kings at 8 point something. You had your Mulans at 7.8. Yeah. Those sorts of movies were right up. Lilo and Stitch was in front of it, which mm, I just disagree with. Yeah, I don't okay. agree with that. Sam, you're number five. Uh, Josh, I've gone on an interesting one, and it's called The Air Up There with Kevin Bacon. Some might know him from Footloose. And it's, he's a college coach, and I haven't seen it for a long time, but I just like, was trying to think back. Nostalgia got me, and I could just smell it. The air up there is this college basketball coach goes over to Africa and tries to find or tries to recruit really tall players, athletic players over in Africa. One, before his time in in this thinking of <laughs> recruitment, I mean, spreading to Africa to try and find great basketballers. Like, who would have thought that? <laughs> it just was a it just was a great movie that I thought. It didn't get the recognition it quite deserved. It got a 5.5 out of 10 for the IMBD. 5.5? I know. Yeah. At the time, Sam, you think, that deserves an Oscar. Yeah. But then you grow up and it doesn't deserve an Oscar. (laughs) (laughs) So, number four, Sam. Now, this is rated highly in IMDb. It's 8.1. Underrated. But I don't think it had... So, In the Name of the Father. Okay. With Daniel Day-Lewis. Great movie. Yes. And it's based on a true story, the Guildford bombings... And he's put in jail unfairly. So did his father. And they were put in there for, I think it was like 10 to 15 years. His father died. A big cover up because they just wanted to um, cover up people from the IRA. And I'm not going to get into that political stuff. Okay. But what I more love is obviously Daniel Day Lewis. He's known as a method actor. Yeah. Okay. And this person has been unfairly put in jail and incarcerated. So what he did to prepare for this role was spend up to six nights. In an old jail with old prison guards that were retired and did not sleep and was interrogated for six days straight to be put into this the, the character of this role. And Sam, I think it just doesn't sit with like Daniel Day-Lewis, There Will Be Blood. Yeah. I just don't think it sits with that category in terms of notoriety where I think it's just a really good movie. Yeah. And the final scene encapsulates the whole entire story perfectly. Like it's a really uplifting final scene. Josh, I've gone beautiful selection, by the way. Thank you. I think you've gone the deeper movies than me. Because yeah. I'm just thinking back to my 90s, more yeah. of the childhood stuff. There's a movie that we used to love watching called Wild America. Oh, it made great. in 1997. Yeah. It was a, a film based on the adventurer and documentarian Marty Stuffer. Mm-hmm. And Josh, it had a 90s sort of... This, this yes. person, JTT, Jonathan Taylor Thomas... Yeah. As you might know him from Home Improvement or the voice of Little Simba in The Lion King. You would have thought that JTT was going to be Leo-like. Yeah. He, he was a huge star as a child in the 90s. And this story basically follows three brothers that go around with a video camera 
and just try and find like they go into like bear caves they go like crocodile hunting they're just trying to do the most ridiculous shit with animals and try and get it on camera and it got it was so good and so big in our household that we used to take the vhs and take it down to the local lake and shoot try and try and get like the local swans we would we would try and take vision of the local swans absolutely i remember that movie sam number three for me is batman and robin josh Great one. I was with, that was a, a near miss. Now, me. this is with George Clooney, uh, Chris O'Donnell, 3.8. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uma Thurman. Like, if you would like to say mid 90s, this, and you'd like say this lineup of characters, yeah. like lineup of actors, you would think this is one of the greater movies of all time. 3.8 on IMDb. 3.8. 3.8. Like, it was an absolute. So, something unfortunately is going on with the directing there because if you've got that many stars. Can movies have too many stars? Yes. And, it, like, they're all trying to outdo each other a bit? This one. Maybe this is the it's case. It's like when you have too many uh, good, good players, players in a team. team. Yeah. Yeah, too many people that want the ball. Yeah, too many uh, heroes. So, George Clooney has been known to refund people who saw this film. And when filming was over, George Clooney quipped, I think we just killed the series. <laughs> killed Batman. Killed Batman. Yeah. Okay, so he thought that, and it was such a bomb and ruined so many careers. There's actually a Batman's curse. Are you serious? Yeah, because uh, Alicia Silverstone was in it. Like, this is mid-90s. Alicia Silverstone yep. from Clueless. Joel Schumacher was the director, producer. It's just a movie that... But it was, like, fun to watch, yeah. if you remember it. So bad, it's good. Yeah, so bad, it's good. Yeah. Exactly right. And Arnold Schwarzenegger playing Mr. Freeze. Like, yeah. Come on. Great. Uh, Josh, number three for me. I think I fell in love with JTT. So I've gone at Jonathan Taylor Thomas movie Can again. A Christmas movie. Yeah, it's... I'll be home for Christmas. I'll be home for Christmas. So this was JTT at his peak cheekiness <laughs> with a co-star in Jessica Biel. So a very young Jessica Biel, their, their mission or his mission is to get back to uh, his family home for Christmas. And all this shit goes wrong. Car, flat, tyres, all that sort of stuff. But he's just got this way of trying to get... Get around things. Yeah. Uh, and JTT is just on this mission to get home for Christmas. A great Christmas movie. One that I probably haven't watched for 10 years. That's a good movie. So, Sam, I'm going with another series. Okay. Yeah. I'm going with Star Wars Phantom of Menace. Thank you. Okay. Have you got that in your Underappreciated. Yeah. Underappreciated movie. So, this is my first crush on a sci-fi character yeah. in um, Queen Amidala. Yeah. Okay. So... Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman. Beautiful. I think it's only underrated because... Look Look what it was following. Yeah. Like, it was following the biggest series of all time. Yeah. A few years, obviously, later than when the, the last one was, was made. It was just a movie that had, had it all. Josh, it's one of those situations where people, you're too scared to admit that you like it because yeah. there's so many Star Wars fans out there that say, no, nah, that one was shit. It's like when one, like a person says, one Harry Potter's bad. Yeah. It's like... You're too ashamed to actually admit you like it yeah, because yeah. you're bullied into not liking it. Yeah. <laughs> when it's bullshit, like it's Liam Neeson, yeah. um, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Young and Anakin in a racer. Yeah. I remember like back in the day, because I love this movie so much, I used to get in like mum and dad's station wagon thinking it was a pod racer. Mm. <laughs> like thinking like the aircon was going to change my life. Yeah. But <laughs> Sam, during the first week of the trailers, so people are at the movies watching the trailers, Many theatres reported up to 75% of their audiences paying full price for the movie they were going to. They walked out after they saw the Star Wars trailer. Wow. Because they just didn't like what it was, what it was giving. you just got to appreciate it. Josh, number two for me, Operation Dumbo Drop. Oh, now, yes. if anyone has seen this... I couldn't find the uh, IMBD rating. It's that bad. 1995. <laughs> so it's got Danny Glover in mm. it, uh, Ray Liotta. I think he's just coming off... 
good fellas here. Oh, yeah. A couple of years later. And it's about these US Army soldiers who are in Vietnam, obviously fighting in the Vietnam War, and their job or their mission was to get this elephant from one uh, village to another village in, like, a completely different part of Vietnam. And it is a great... I used to love this oh, movie. Yeah. I used to have it taped on a VHS, so you'd just, re, like, fast-forward the ads mm-hmm. and, like, the previews to the Tomorrow's Home and Away and all that sort of stuff. So I remember it. It was great. You know, Dennis Leary was in this yeah. as well as, like, sort of like the alcoholic uh, soldier. Do you know what I remember about that movie on VHS? Yeah. It was... Played definitely after a footy game because Bruce McAvaney was signing off. He was. Off a game. It was like Richmond versus Collingwood. It was like, <laughs> and, and thank it, you, that's been for us from the G. And he goes into Operation Dumbo Drop. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. That, should, that, that should, doesn't happen That anymore. should up the rating. <laughs> definitely. It should. Uh, Josh, a 5.1. 5.1. Oh, God. Now, Sam, I'm going to go with a movie that I think is one of the great movies, great comedies. I'm going with Rush Hour. Rush Hour with Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan is rated 7.0, which is okay, which is good, okay? 70%. Beautiful. Yes, Sam. Josh, can I confess? That is my number one as it well. Is. And you know why I'm putting it down here? Because Go. I was doing a lot of Googling, like 90s movies, yeah. underappreciated movies, and not once did Rush Hour come into a, into a list. Yeah. And I'm like, something's going wrong here. There's no rush out. Yeah. One of the most quotable movies Easily. of the 90s. Easily. Yeah. Just a great mix of... Chris pol- Tucker in that movie. Like, it's obviously peak Chris Tucker. Yeah. I don't know how much other stuff he's done. No. Like, I really don't. Like, I can't I think really Rush Hour 2 rush and, hour and 3 and 4. Rush Hour 2 and 3 and 4, I think, are his big go-tos. Like, I can't actually remember, remember Chris Tucker in this. Or, But do you know what came out of this? The film inspired the creation of a website, Rotten Tomatoes. Really? Yeah. So site founder Sen Dong is a big Jackie Chan fan and built the website to collect reviews for all of Chan's Hong Kong movies as they were being released in the United States. So he coded the site in two weeks, putting it up shortly before the release of this film, and Rotten Tomato is now one of the most notable sources for movie reviews. Josh, one of the great things about the rush hours, and just Jackie Chan in general, the fight scenes. Oh. Just like flipping people with like dressing gowns and... Just doing really weird shit to their wrists and like just like flicking them around and like jumping up walls. It's phenomenal. And so much of a gentleman when everything's going on, the chaos. Yeah. And there's pots, like expensive vases and that. Like from the from the Ming Dynasty. He still wants to pick those up. He's belting the piss out of three (laughs) blokes, but they're wanting to pick up the LDR. He's not wanting anything to get smashed. He's not wanting anything smashed. But I thought that was a brilliant movie and a a great comedy. Josh, can I just say, I think what's underrated is the selection from our producers this week of yeah. underrated 90s movies. Yeah. Uh, great selections because it just brought up a lot of nostalgia, heated discussion. Yeah. And guys, tell us what your underrated 90s movies are. Hit us up on the Instagrams. Yes. So, Sam, we've got a, a number of rolling segments, but this is the one that's going to just stay concrete. Yeah, okay. We, we pour the concrete and it's hard and it's staying. Yeah. Okay. I think that's how concreting works. Yes. And so... <laughs> Guys, hit us up on the gram if that's how uh, concreting works. So, Sam, we're going to do a quiz, okay? Every week we're going to do a quiz. We might even, in the future, get some special guest yes, quiz, quiz people to come, and, come in and, um, and give it a whirl. Hit us up on the grams. If they hit us up on the grams. So, I'm going to read the first question and we're going to alternate. Just like we would at home. Yeah. 
So one of us reads a question. Yeah. We both try and answer it. Yeah. Uh, work together. Give some people that are listening some time to try and you know turn the brain on and let, try and answer the question themselves also. Yeah. So I think we got about seven last week. Six. Six. I don't think we've ever got out of s- more than six. That's about par. For my schooling, that's about par. Yeah. Six. Sixty percent is yeah. about is about par. <laughs> yeah, and I'm a teacher now. Shows how easy uni is. <laughs> so, question one. Sam, are you ready? I'm ready. Australian of the Year, Grace Tame and Snoop Dogg were both in the news last week for the same reason. Why did they make the headlines? Well, Grace Tame had a picture published from years and years ago of her smoking a bong or marijuana. Is that correct? And Snoop Dogg was caught having a blunt... In just before the Super Bowl halftime show, I was saying I'll, I'll look at the answer shortly. Are you going to go? We're going to go. It'd be with fucking that? weirder to get a picture of Snoop Dogg not smoking weed. <laughs> yeah, like that should make news. The answer: They were both pictured with marijuana. So some media outlets published a photo taken of Grace time, Grace with a bong sitting in front of her. The photo was from her Instagram page and was taken when she was nineteen. Pretty part and parcel of growing up. And that's that Snoop Dogg Super Bowl performance was phenomenal. I said to someone, I was like, he's definitely under the influence. Uh, but, like, he's at the point now where it's not under the I influence. I know. I would probably be more concerned. If I jumped in a car with Snoop Dogg, <laughs> I'd be more concerned if he hadn't... Like, if he was driving and he hadn't smoked a joint, <laughs> yeah. I'd be more concerned. I'd be like, man, smoke that shit. <laughs> yeah, All yeah. Right? We're driving. We're less likely <laughs> <It's crazy. laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. So that's one from one. What's the name of Donald Trump's new social media platform that was released this week? I heard this I on a podcast. I did yesterday. as well. I heard it on the briefing podcast. Yeah, same here. Obviously, That's how much I was listening. obviously not a great name. Is it something, like something talks like Truth Talks or it's something. I think you know. I think that's its main mission. Yeah, yeah it's about. It's about. I know it's about like. Pe- like cancel culture, avoiding yep. cancel culture, people having a, you know. Does it start with a Q? Basically, people wanting, <laughs> basically giving people who want to be racist a chance to be racist. <laughs> that's basically what it is. I don't think that's the answer, but we'll check. Truth social. Oh, so we'll close. Yeah, but we can't count it. Okay, don't so count That's it. like when you went, to, like when you had an exam in, in school and you had half a mark. You're like, can I get half a mark out of this? <laughs> it was released this week. However, many users received error messages when trying to sign up to the platform. Trump cited too much traffic of as course. the reason. He also started one last year that only lasted about 40 days. This bloke is unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's one from two. Question three. What's the name of Kanye West's new documentary series? I should know this because I actually started watching the first 20 minutes last night and yep. it was really good. If it doesn't, just a little side. If you, uh, if you know that you're surrounded by someone who's going to do really well in the world, put a camera on them from a young age. Right, put a camera on them because one day you will make an unbelievable documentary. Yep. Now, I Yours think it's called, called like G. Is it G? It's really weird and only something that Kanye West could do, but it's like genius. Y- yep. It's like genius something. I, c- I can't remember the, the full name. I think we'll give. I think we'll give you that. I think we'll give each other that. It's genius. Yes, but it's spelt incorrectly. <laughs> <laughs> but Kanye thinks it's spelt correctly, uh. so uh, we'll give you. The, we'll give us that. Hours before Netflix's highly anticipated uh, documentary, a Kanye trilogy, debuted as part of the virtual 2022 Sundance Film Festival, 
the artist formerly known as Kanye West, so he's known as Ye now, who is the subject of this docuseries, declared his objections. Question, uh, we've got two out of three. Whose cover of the song, Girls Just Want to Have Fun, became a worldwide hit in 1983? So yeah, Josh, Cindy Lauper. Yeah, so she's saying, did she sing the original? No, so whose cover of the song, Girls Just Want to Have Fun, became a worldwide well, hit? That's got to be hers. Cindy Lauper has got to be the answer. Because, Josh, do you remember Singstar? It yeah. was on there. Yeah. And the film clip, it looked very 80s. Let's go Cindy Lauper. Cindy Lauper. Girls Just Want to Have Fun, a song written by and performed by American musician Robert Hazard, who released it in 1979. And Robert Hazard isn't really known for anything else. <laughs> <laughs> He's known for making the song that Cindy Lauper made famous. You'll take that to the grave. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Made Three famous. out of four. At the National Gallery of Victoria in 1986, a painting named The Weeping Woman was stolen. Who painted it? Robert Hazard. <laughs> <laughs> At the, uh, the Weeping Woman. Who painted it? I think... Always go a Leonardo. Go no, an Italian. Well, in the National Gallery of Victoria. All right, we'll go a... What do you like with artists? Obviously not great. Not great. My favourite piece of artwork is one that I can't even remember what it's called. And it's <laughs> <laughs> it's in the shearing sheds and it's oh, yeah. it's really famous. Please go the shears. No, that's a song. <laughs> Uh, it's it's and it's a really uh, famous piece of artwork that has nothing to do with the weeping woman. Yeah, it's called Shearing of the Rams. Yeah, that's that's right. It's yeah. a it's a great piece of artwork. I the we- should make that into an NFT. Sam, just go with what did we what were you going to say? The weeping woman. Uh, I've got no idea. Pass. Leonardo da Vinci. Picasso. You said it wouldn't be anyone like that. Well, it is. Okay. So, so the stolen work was was one of a series of paintings by Picasso, all known as The Weeping Woman, and had been purchased by the gallery for 1.6 mil in 1985. Inflation now, mate. That's going to be a lot more. At the time, the, the highest price paid by an Australian art gallery for an artwork. The Australian cultural terrorists claimed responsibility, making a number of demands for increased funding for the arts. What are we up to? We got... We're three, three out of five. Yeah. Question six. What professional sporting team was the curse of the Billy Goats supposedly placed on? Curse of the Billy Goat. Billy Goat. American? It has to be American. Billy Goat. Billy Goat. American. It's not NASCAR. The, it's not the curse of the Ruth, like uh, Boston Red Sox. No, that's the Bambino. Curse yeah, of the Bambino. Bambino. That's the one. What professional sporting team was the curse of the Billy, Billy Goat? Billy Goat. Billy Goat. The Cubs? Maybe the Cubs. Let's go the Chicago Cubs. The, from baseball, the baseball team. Because they did win a few years ago they, after 100 they, odd years. Yeah, they did. Well done. Yeah, thank you. It. Yeah, good. The curse of the Billy Goat was a sports curse that was supposedly placed on the Chicago Cubs in the baseball in 1945. That's really good. By the way, guys, if you want to listen to some Eddie Vedder sing about the Chicago Cubs, yeah. there's a great song. All the way. All the way. Uh, and it's a really great song. And he's singing it in Chicago. Because he's a Chicago-born uh, native. Yes. That is four out of six. We're going up pretty well. What country was previously known as Siam? Siam. S-I-A-M. Siam. What country was previously known as Siam? I reckon when you repeat the question, you've got no fucking idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <it's reached. laughs> I think you're right. What country was previously Siam. known as Siam? 
Um, I'm thinking Asian. Siam. 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 Vietnam. Do you go with Vietnam? Let's go with Vietnam. Close. No, close. Yeah. Thailand was formerly known as uh, Siam by outsiders prior to 1949. The name Siam official status until 1939 when it was changed to Thailand. Four out of seven. Who is the international airport in Madeira, Portugal, named after? Would have to be like a soccer player. Not Port- Cristiano Ronaldo yet. Is that? But maybe. Maybe it is. I think that's gonna. We're gonna have to go. I Portugal. think it's a Cristiano Ronaldo airport. The answer is Cristiano Ronaldo. Okay, so that was happening in 2016. Yep. That is five right. out of nine. Five out of eight. Question nine. What is the biggest planet in our solar system? See, this is where people are gonna say you two are fucking idiots <laughs> because because. This is not something I paid a lot of attention to. Astronomy was not something I paid a lot of attention to. It confuses me because it's like, what is the biggest planet closest to the sun? I'm going to be honest. Josh, is the sun a planet? Because if it is, I believe it's that. I'm looking around. I don't think it is. No. So a few years ago when I was primary school teacher, yeah, grade three to five, the kids knew far more about the solar system than I did. Okay. And I remember there was a diagram there. What was the biggest planet? The sun. I don't think the sun sun is a planet. It has to be a planet. Can we say something like, if the sun is a planet, (laughs) (laughs) then we say the sun is the correct answer. Okay. <laughs> Josh, Josh, I want to I lock in the sun. If not, I, I, for me, I think it might be Neptune. <laughs> okay. Jupiter. Okay. We're both idiots. Yes. No, we're not idiots. The fifth planet from the sun and largest from the solar system. Damn it. I don't know. Like, when we did this in primary school, I was ne- never like... I never ran in from recessing and fuck yeah, we're doing the solar system. Unless yeah, unless you are going to become a, a like work at NASA. The only thing that astrology or is it astrology? Good astronomy. For, astronomy is good for is trivia because that's the only time you get asked it. Yeah. Also, I, I did like making the diagram. Like the, the that was good. Yeah. Like hands on newspaper, bit of paper mache yeah. making the making the um diagrams. Yeah. Not diagrams. <laughs> Diaphragms. <laughs> Okay. Dioramas. <laughs> Sam, we are five from nine. How many bones are in the human body? Three hundred and twelve. No. <clears throat> no. I reckon it's three hundred and twelve. I think it's around one, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like two hundred and thirteen or let's hundred and thirteen or something it's like that. It's definitely more than a hundred, mate. Definitely more than a hundred. So let's go with I don't like just mulling over these okay. questions because it's yeah. just a number. Okay. So let's go 264. 206. Okay. 206. Is that surprising? No, not at all. <laughs> Brilliant quiz. We got, we're, we're half, we, we got 50%. 50%, just lower than the 60% we're going for last week. Yeah. What can we do to get better? Focus more in class <laughs> it, uh, at school, <laughs> I think. That's what we've got to do. Yeah. We're just going to work on it. Sam, what's, uh, what's happening for you for this week? A uh, bit of work, bit of play, yeah. as we like to call it. Yeah. Got a wedding on Friday night, which oh, I'm dude. really looking forward to going to. Yeah. Um, dust off the new RMs. Uh, have uh, you been you, to a shit wedding yet? No, not one. I'm yet to hear someone say they've been to a shit wedding. 
all I'm expecting is getting very sweaty on the dance floor, taking photos with people you just met, yeah. uh, selfies and thinking, fuck, you're the best bloke, you're the best girl I've ever met. You know, just like <laughs> having conversations with people, it'd be great. What time does this, the tie sort of start coming down? <laughs> okay, Josh, the tie, the tie comes down after the last speech, I reckon. Okay. No, after the first dance of the bride and groom, yeah. I believe, is when we, you start moving a bit more. Yeah. The music starts to pick up its yeah. tempo. Yeah. And that's when the feet start moving. Yeah. At a rapid rate, and that's when the sweat starts to perspire from your forehead, <laughs> and that's when you start to drop the top button. I think the you know the song at the start where the couple obviously very important the couple song yeah. the dancing yeah all that sort of stuff. I reckon the second song is a really important floor filler. Yeah, it is. Like they've got to you got to back it up. Yeah, like what is a great wedding floor filler? That's a great question to ask our listeners. Yes, what is a great wedding floor filler? For the second song. The second song. We're not talking first because that's always going to be... Because everyone's going to be on there anyway. Because yeah. the bride and groom are asking people to come on, inviting them on. What are you going to do to keep people yeah. on? Yeah. 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 That's the song. What are you going to do to keep people on? Yeah. It's like everyone should just keep listening on Spotify. I'm looking forward to re- reporting back about what the floor filler is. Yes, or the floor do. keeper. Josh, beautiful stuff. Thank you.